nutrition and lifestyle transformation coach. I'm the founder and CEO of Never Settle Lifestyle, a company created to guide you in the pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself through the complete wellness of your body, mind, and soul. I am here to journey along with you as you transform your life and no longer settle for less than what you are truly capable of. I'll show you how to finally take a stand for maintaining your life balance while performing at an elite level with grace and ease. I'll share with you the methodology of habit and change psychology that has changed my life and the lives of so many others. Together, we'll commit to the relentless pursuit of progress, all the while not taking life too seriously. Here we revolutionize your resilience as you begin to get comfortable with adversity. Welcome to the Never Settle Lifestyle Podcast. What's up, you guys? It's season three. We are back, ready to roll, feeling so good. Oh man. Okay. I have so much to catch you up on and I will be doing a solo podcast here coming up in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. It's probably going to be a long one because you got a lot to catch up on. (laughs) Um, So for now, I cannot wait to bring to you Kate Tertian. So she is the owner and founder of Self Maker. If you are in the Cleveland area, you probably already know all about Kate and her beautiful clean beauty business. So let's give you a bit of a background on Kate. Um, Before we do that, I wanted to give you an idea about what we go into in today's podcast. So it is all around clean beauty. We're talking skincare. We're talking regimens. We're talking things that Kate does to help keep herself up as a busy entrepreneur and business owner. And she gives us some really quality advice in terms of getting out there if you're starting your business and how to manage yourself and um, what to expect and managing your expectations. It was definitely some advice that I needed to be reminded of. If I love this episode, I know you guys are going to as well. There are so many golden nuggets within So a little background on Kate. So after 13 years in the fast-paced fashion and beauty industry of New York City, she returned to Ohio back to her roots. So Kate wanted to pursue a different side of the beauty industry, health and wellness. And after having experienced some personal health challenges from gut issues and fertility, it was the perfect fit for her. So she resettled in Cleveland and essentially overhauled her whole lifestyle inside and out from food and makeup to mental health and movement. She began to curate her own personal beauty products into clean beauty and clean self-care products for her own life and wanted to share that with others. So what you see in SelfMaker, and that's spelled S-L-F-M-K-R, Online and in-store is the culmination of her journey. So Kate believes that many small changes from switching to a non-toxic face wash or five minutes of self-care a day can lead to bigger, lasting change for the mind, body, and soul. She prioritizes the beauty of high-quality and high-efficiency products backed by an ethos of making our world a better, kinder place. She thoughtfully curates the brands that she collaborates with and would love nothing more than to connect with you with the things that have enriched her life. And man, let me tell you, during this entire podcast, we had a lot of fun doing just that. 
So Kate is also a certified holistic health coach and an Ohio State board certified esthetician. So if you guys know a little bit about my past, um, I was an esthetician practicing actively for about 10 years. I'm actually still licensed, but obviously no longer practicing. So we geek out on so many different things um, as far as beauty goes. So I hope you thoroughly enjoy this episode. Welcome, Kate, to the podcast. Hello. Hi, so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're so excited to have you. I know my community is just going to eat everything you have up with a spoon. (laughs) And I know you have so much wisdom to share. So um, yeah, let's dive in. I wanted to get started with just simply asking about you, how, tell us first off what you do, all about it, and like really how you got into all of it. Sure. Yeah. So um, I am the founder and owner of SelfMaker. We are a clean beauty and self-care retail store in the Van Aken district in Shaker Heights, Ohio. I am also a clean beauty esthetician, as well as a certified holistic health coach. Um, My background is in fashion and beauty. After college, I moved to New York City and entered into the beauty industry, working for a brand called Malin and Getz. And that was really my first foray into the industry. Um, Obviously grew up with a huge personal interest in fashion and beauty, but um, got to experience it firsthand um, professionally. So I was more so on the wholesale corporate and marketing side of fashion and beauty in my years in New York. So I was there almost 15 years and I worked for brands, um, like I mentioned, Malin and Getz, BCBG Max Azria, Tommy Hilfinger, Free People, So had that background. And then when we moved to Cleveland right before the pandemic, I noticed there was a void here in terms of of beauty. Uh, I was still either ordering all of my favorite beauty and self-care products online or getting them when we would go back and forth to New York. They said, I I see a white space in Cleveland. And so... um, this is that void I saw, self-makers, the void that it was the store I wanted and needed that wasn't here. I love it. And thank God for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I do my shopping. I'll pop. I'm on the West side, but whenever I'm like out near Van Aken, I'm like, I got to go to self-maker. I got to get some stuff. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know you're very open about like your past health experiences and like, truthfully, I guess my question is, have you always been into clean beauty or was it like more your personal experiences that brought you into this space? And then feel free, like share as much of that experience as you like. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, my, my first introduction to to clean beauty was through Malin and Guts. And while they aren't necessarily, um, you know, clean from like specific store standards, it depends on, you know, the store stocking them. Like, I think they do use like a little synthetic fragrance here and there. They were really one of the first brands that were kind of cutting things out like parabens and things like that. So that was my first exposure. Like, oh, they they created this line because one of the founders had a lot of um, skin issues, like skin conditions, like rosacea, really reactive skin. He, one of them had come from working for, for Kiehl's and they were like, we think we can make cleaner skincare. And they did. So I feel like they were they were one of the first brands to really do that. And it's been really cool to see them grow since I worked for them back in like 2006. But they're like a huge global brand now. So that was my first exposure to being like, to like a kind of like, you know, higher quality beauty, and then be like beauty that didn't have to contain a bunch of fillers and, and ingredients that would potentially cause harm or be reactive for your skin. So I learned a lot at that job. Um, 
And I was more on the sales side. So I actually spent a ton of time at like Barney's Madison Avenue in New York. And then I was around all of those brands and just, you know, like all my friends were, you know, makeup artists there. And um, so I gathered so much knowledge from just, you know, working from them for them there. Um, and, you know, from there, I kind of then launched into the readywear side of the fashion and beauty industry, but always, you know, obviously kept up a skincare routine and all of that. But for a while, I would say maybe didn't so much pay super close attention to ingredients. Um, and then I started developing just a ton of random but not random because it's all connected, um, health issues. And it really was stemming from my gut health. Um, so I started having allergic reactions. I was always fatigued, exhausted, getting sick all the time, suffering from depression and anxiety, constant headaches. And I was like, something is really off. But I was also in my 20s in New York, going out all the time. I would work in the fashion industry by day. I would bartend at night to help pay my rent. And I was just completely nonstop, of course, like out doing all the things you shouldn't do, like drinking, you know, alcohol. I drank Diet Coke all the time. And, you know, the list goes on of like now things that make me completely cringe. But, um, you know, socially smoking, things like that, where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ever put those things in my body. But at the time I was, you know, young and ignorant, but it, it took a toll, like, you know, putting those things in my body paired with like improper sleep, my body finally was like, you must stop. And so it took me, it took me a few years to figure out what was going on. But I started noticing that I was having a lot of reactions um, after eating food. And so, you know, a d different things would happen. Sometimes I'd get like itchy hives on my neck or my throat would feel like it was closing or, you know, I'd have stomach and digestive issues. And a lot of the times I'm like, oh, I, I'm probably just having like anxiety or I'm stressed out. I eventually was able to link it like to being, you know, after eating. So I went to an allergist and I was like, Hey, I think I might have food allergies. And, um, again, this was in like probably 2010. So mm -hmm. definitely not like an emphasis on functional medicine. Like there is today, not a lot of awareness around food sensitivities. Um, and they were like, Oh, you should just take a Zyrtec every day. And I was like, that doesn't feel oh. like the right answer. <laughs> um, so I found, I found a different allergist that did specialize more in food. And so I was like, I'd like to have some allergy testing done. And it turned out I had, you know, one of the, um, topical allergy tests where they prick you with all of the different, um, proteins of things you could potentially be allergic to. And it turned out I had like, I had over 30 food allergies, Wow! but these were new allergies. So they weren't technically allergies, but I was having notable reactions to over 30 foods. So again, that allergist wasn't necessarily equipped to deal with something like that because it went kind of beyond like a true allergy. Right. And I'm like, it was major food groups. It was, it was wheat, it was dairy, it was eggs, chicken, legumes, nuts. Um, and I was just like, well, these are major food groups. Like, how am I supposed to eat? And I remember like after that test, I'm like, well, I guess I'm just eating like hamburgers, not on a bun with like a baked potato. I was terrified to eat. So yeah. that like, there was a whole other like mental and emotional layer that came with it. Cause I was afraid, you know, like afraid to eat because I was worried I'd have a, have a reaction, um, and kind of like certain foods that maybe I wasn't tested for, I'd have a reaction to. 
And so there was a lot of navigating in a world where there wasn't a lot of awareness around things like this yet. And I hadn't found the right people yet. Um, eventually, I got pointed to a naturopath. Um, and in between this allergy testing and the naturopath, I visited like an endocrinologist, a rheumatologist, you know, a gastroenterologist. And everyone's like, nothing's wrong with you. But I'm like, but why do I have this very long list of symptoms? Why is this happening after I eat these foods? And really, no one could connect any dots because of their traditional approach to medicine. Um, so luckily found found my way to, you know, some alternative therapy. And, you know, right off the bat, this this naturopath in Soho was like, you have leaky gut syndrome. And I was like, what, what's that? <laughs> and um, delved into it. And it turned out I had like every single symptom. Um, also, you know, like celiac, I had every single symptom of that. Um, and I had a really severe case of candida. So just again, like all the wear and tear of like, growing up in the 80s and 90s and being put on antibiotics for like every sneeze and sniffle paired with like my party forward lifestyle of like New York fashion bartending um, took its toll. And so um, it took a while, but like, you know, getting rid of candida was a whole process and then healing a gut like that truly took me years. I'm sure. Um, uh, but so eventually, fast forward, I got to a place where now the only things that I'm restricted from eating are gluten and soy. So I've come a long way. Yeah. But it took it took like years and years of healing my body. Yeah. Wow. And I think it's like still always a work in progress. So. Yeah. Yeah. I have I'm intolerant to gluten, dairy and eggs. And like mm. that, I mean, that was in 2013. And I feel like almond milk was like just becoming a thing. And I just remember thinking like, you know, that panic of what am I going to eat? You know, cause yep. you, do, you have to overhaul the way you do it. And it is so interesting how each body is so different and we all react to lifestyle changes and things in such a different way. And I can relate to so much of what you're saying. I was not, you know, in the New York fashion scene or anything, um, you know, that fast paced, but just simply being thrown into, I was working as an esthetician at the time and taking easily eight clients a day working oh, six wow. days a week. A week. Yeah. That's so insane. I was, and I did not, you know, know how to manage my physical energy and my interaction with people. And I was just, yeah. So it's such an energy exchange, like too, when you're an esthetician or kind of any service provider, right? Because it's like an energy, a physical energy, but also like a very emotional, mental, spiritual energy too. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So that kind of was your trajectory. Yeah. So yeah. yeah tell us more. You, you're into, yeah. you do holistic nutrition as well, right? Yeah, so I'm I'm not a practicing coach, but it is training that I've had. Um, but yeah, you know, at once I kind of uncovered what was going on, you know, it, it gives some peace of mind, but it was still kind of like a he, such a healing process from you know a few different things. And you know, at the time when I kind of found out about all of these food intolerances, I you know, I was single, I was dating, I was traveling a ton for work. It was just like so hard. Every time like wheels were down in a new city, I'm like, let me find a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. Like who knows what I'll be able to eat in this town. Um, and I had this little Excel, I made this little Excel sheet of like all my allergies grouped by food groups. So it'd be like proteins, nuts, um, you know, all like fruits and vegetables. And like, I would go out to eat and I'd be like, here are all the things I can't have. Um, please don't kill me. <laughs> and, you know, in New York, it was better because like they're used to high maintenance right. people. Um, but like, you know, I'd have to go to like Dallas for work or Atlanta and everyone's like, here are some biscuits. And I'm like, I can't roll like that. But yeah. um, 
So yeah, it it took a long time to like find my groove. And during that time, because I was like, wow, there aren't a ton of resources. This is really hard. Um, I started a blog. It it no longer exists, but because my mom made a joke when we like uncovered all of this, she was like, maybe you should go live in a bubble. Yeah. I was like, um, and so I started a, a baking blog because I was like really missing like, you know, things like birthday cakes and my mom's chocolate chip cookies. So I called it bubble girl bakes. And then from there, I developed my own gluten-free flour blend that was like top eight allergen free at the time, vegan, gluten-free, um, produced at this special allergen-free facility in Iowa. So that was like really my first foray into entrepreneurship too. So um, yeah, so that was, that was my first business baby. Wow. Oh, what a journey. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then to see like where you are now and how you're you know, helping people and especially in the, the beauty industry is so fun. Oh my gosh. I do miss it so very much. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a fun one. Um, so on that note, I'm so curious about your thoughts in regards to, um, you know, medical aesthetics and medical grade skincare versus a holistic approach, you know, cleaner products, um, and, you know, Botox and filler versus things like gua sha and, um, you know, reflexology and things of that nature. So give us the whole spiel on that. If someone were <laughs> listening to this and they're like, you know, seeing the standard things on Instagram and they're like, I need filler, I need Botox. What would you educate them on? Like, maybe they've never heard of gua sha, you know, and yeah. those sorts of things. Like what would be the first things you would tell them? Yeah. So, oh, I have so many thoughts on this. It's, it's like really hard to pinpoint where to start. I mean, first of all, I think the whole concept of, of needing and wanting things like Botox to minimize fine lines and and define your face and things like that. I think it's like, honestly, a societal problem, but that's a whole other can of worms. Um, But I also like, we're all human and we all have a level of vanity. So I also understand wanting to look your best. You know, for me, my personal approach is that I'm avoiding things like Botox and fillers. um, And it's a really, really personal choice for people to make for themselves. Um, But what I tell people is, if that's a route you don't want to go down, but you want to feel better about how you look, there are other approaches, but they do also take commitment. Um, and things like gua sha have, have really, like, really taken off in the past few years. Um, you know, I've been doing it for, for a while now, but, you know, it's a traditional Chinese medicine approach, and it wasn't even necessarily like developed thousands of years ago for beauty. It was like for full body um, health, like maximizing health and addressing issues, but has proven to be this incredible beauty tool, like from the neck up too, as well. Um, so, you know, part of working at SelfMaker and, and founding SelfMaker, it's like, we're also here to provide that education and that support. Um, And I think the internet makes it a really hard place to navigate a lot of that. I mean, I see so many gua sha videos on Instagram. I'm not even on TikTok because I just can't go down that rabbit hole. I do not have enough time or bandwidth for it. But like, (laughs) (laughs) like, can we three hours? Yeah. Um, But you know, I see so many videos that like make me cringe and I'm not even an actual Chinese medicine practitioner, but no, like, you know, I have learned from one and gotten treatments from one. And I'm like that, like everyone's just like thinks they're an expert and they're not doing it properly. So it's hard because the beauty industry and skincare, there's just like so much to navigate through. So it's a maker we we try to make everything like as approachable and supportive as possible. And I think like, at least my generation, I'm 40, I was born in the eighties. 
Um, you know, from a skincare perspective, like I grew up with things like Noxzema pads that were like filled with alcohol, um, St. Ives apricot scrub that's just like tearing (laughs) your skin apart. And so like, I have so many people coming in that have just been like over treating their skin and, you know, it's, you know, in our country, it's like more is more like, you know, more retinol every day is better. Like a higher percentage of acids, like every other day is better. And like, for me, that is not my approach to skincare. I actually find that most people need to peel back and go into like reparative restorative mode. Mm, I love that. I see a lot of barrier damage Yes, and just people keep going at it and they're like, I don't understand. I, I, I moisturize three times a day and I use hyaluronic acid and face oil, but I'm like, but how often are you using retinol and acids, which are ingredients that I love and serve a great purpose. But like, I think everyone's just geared towards thinking like higher percentages are better and frequency is better when that is not the case. Agreed. Yeah. When I was in my practice, I was so lucky to have women in their fifties. I had three estheticians that were my mentors and each of them in different capacities sat me down and were like, listen, (laughs) take it easy on the chemical peels. If I could give you any bit of advice, like don't go crazy with them. And they were talking about how to like prescribe to my clients exactly how much and when, and you know, how often to do things. And I had one, she showed me some scarring on her cheek. She was like, listen, this is what happens. Don't do what I did. So I definitely took that approach. I didn't, I wouldn't go crazy with a lot of like heat and, um, things that were going to just inflame and irritate the skin. And yeah. I think it's so important to talk about, cause you nailed that the phrase, you know, more is more. I think that that's very much in our culture, just kind of the way that we operate. And there's something about, as you said, like stripping back and simplifying that is so like stress relieving. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have to be doing so much. Yeah. And I fully support like having that baseline four-step routine morning and evening, but it doesn't have to be all of these crazy, harsh ingredients. Like I just, you know, we have, um, we just got the Marie Veronique line. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they have these like amazing barrier restore products and like in my clients, even just in like two weeks of them consistently using them, like what a difference it has made. And it's, it's really because we're like, let's shift. Like you don't need to physically exfoliate your skin every day of your life. Um, and people are like, I don't understand why I keep breaking out and I'm dry and I'm flaky. I'm like, cause there's nothing left to hold in any hydration. Mm. So, um, and I think it's, it's just a different, for a lot of people, it's a different approach that they maybe haven't heard before. So, you know, again, it's like, for us, it's really like educating around all of that stuff. It's complex too. Like not everyone that comes in here wants to like sit around and talk about like their skin barrier and trans epidermal water loss, (laughs) but (laughs) exactly, exactly. It's, it's, um, important to understand at least the basics and then like the add-ons to give you what you're looking for. And obviously like everyone's skin is so different. So on that note, you mentioned that basic routine, break that down for us. Like if you were to send somebody home with a routine, like what is it that you deem very necessary? And like, these are the musts. Yeah. So for, you know, at Selfmaker, our baseline routine that we recommend to clients is cleanser, toner, serum, moisturizer, morning and night. And then again, what those are will greatly vary depending on A, your skin type, B, how you've been treating your skin and C, what your skincare goals are. Um, So, you know, again, it's just like a bio-individual approach here. Um, But, you know, I think I I was like, I need to do an Instagram reel on this. But like the actual first step of skincare is washing your hands. Um, So everyone, please wash your hands before doing your skincare. I see so many people that I give a facial to 
And they come out and they immediately, after checking their phone, they're just like touching their face. And I'm like, no, no, stop, please stop. But um, so step one, wash your hands. Step two, cleanse your face (laughs) and then go on about. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people don't even realize that that is a baseline routine. And it might sound like a lot to do four steps, but in reality, that should take you less than five minutes. Mm. Um, and some people are like, well, I'm a minimalist. And I, so for my minimalist people out there, I say, if you want to optimize your skin health, you do need to up the ante. But if you like truly can't commit to those four steps, at least do the bookends, cleanse your face and moisturize your face. But like, you're going to get the most bang for your buck in those middle steps. Mm. Yes. Okay. I want to like shift into the sunscreen conversation. So there's so much debate, obviously, like we hear it is the product. Like if you are stranded somewhere and you could have one thing, like that's the one, you know, and then we hear so much of it has the most chemicals. It is the, you know, most toxic skincare product out there what's your take on it? You know, and I am in this camp of honestly, like trying to establish my own opinions about it. So educate us about all things sunscreen. Like, what do we need to know? You need to know that, yes, it is, it is essential to wear it, but if you're going to wear it, opt for a non-toxic option. So you're going to want to look for mineral-based, those ones that have zinc oxide. It's the physical approach. So Um, so it's physically creating a layer between your skin and the sun's rays. So that is what zinc oxide does. So you will want to look for that as the active ingredient. Um, the other active ingredients that you see on chemical sunscreens, they also are blocking the sun's rays, but in a different way. And that's where you're going to see those more toxic ingredients that people are talking about. So I always say stick to stick to a physical sunscreen, look for that zinc. But um, I would say if you can't find one, uh, I don't know, maybe you're at the beach and you run out and you have to like run into the surf shop or whatever. Wearing a chemical sunscreen for like a day would be better than not wearing it for Mm. a day. You know what I mean? I love that. So yeah. I think if you're someone that's dousing yourself in sunscreen head to toe every single day, a chemical sunscreen, um, that is not ideal. But if yeah. you're in a situation where it's like a day or a few days, the the damage the sun could cause over those few days without wearing any is greater than it would cause than like wearing it for those few days. Yeah. But, for the people who are like, you know, like sending your kids to camp every day, or maybe you're sitting, if you're lucky enough to sit by a pool every day, um, definitely invest in a mineral-based sunscreen. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorites, any, you know, top picks, one to three brands that you're like, yes, that is my go-to? Yeah, so at SelfMaker for body, we carry the brand Salt and Stone. They have an amazing EWG rating um, for those that don't know, Environmental Working Group. So it's EWG, EWG.org, and it's where you can check um, really the toxicity ratings for products. Um, so their sunscreen products all have great ratings. So that's why we carry their sunscreen products. And then in terms of um, sunscreen specific to face, we have a lot of options at SelfMaker that are more skincare forward. So, and those, you know, those are going to come with a different price point because they have additional skincare components versus like a body sunscreen that's just really meant to like block the rays. But um, there's an amazing one from Audacite. They're these mineral drops. They're also paired with niacinamide um, and some other superhero ingredients, but they give you a really nice dewy glow. Um, The other thing to note about zinc being a physical, um, being a physical sunscreen is like sometimes it can leave a white cast. 
because again, it's like physically providing this film between your skin and the sun. Um, so we have a few options that are tinted. Um, even like day to day, even on gray days, like I'm wearing the Ilia Super Serum Skin Tint, which is SPF 40, so that we can like color match for you. Um, but again, like if you just want an everyday one that's not necessarily geared towards like being a bit more makeup forward, the Audacity one is great. Um, Josh Rosebrook has a great one as well. Almost every brand we carry does have some some sort of SPF option because it is so important. But those are a few of my favorites. Beautiful. That's so helpful. And can we take a second to praise the Ilya gods for just a moment? Yes. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> yes. Thank God for that makeup brand. Oh yeah. my gosh. Like, so I get so many compliments on my eyelashes and I'm like, you guys go get, but don't, cause I want to gatekeep it. But like they're, ma- they're limitless <laughs> mascara. Yes insane I am in love and I have like one coat on today so yeah yeah no it's great and honestly they had so many celebrities on the red carpet for the Met Gala which was so exciting to see Queen Beauty like really hitting hitting red carpets um so yeah Queen Beauty is definitely here to stay oh I love it and the formulas are better than ever I mean like you would know no different right yeah yeah. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, why wouldn't you use clean beauty when you have amazing high performing products? And the price points at this stage is really not that far off, if at all, too, which is so cool. Yeah, to yeah see. absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely competitively priced for any other kind of department store brand, if not better. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I know that you, I was watching your Instagram. I know you recently went to Europe. I did. Um, yes. So where, first off, where did you go? Um, so I've actually been to Europe twice in the last six weeks, which is like a complete anomaly for how I, I typically live my life, but had to do a little like seizing of the day this spring. So, uh, my first trip was with my husband and my daughter for her spring break. And we did Paris, Brussels, and London, and then my second trip was with a friend to Milan. So oh my yeah, gosh. I was very lucky this spring. And, you know, after a few years of of not really traveling a lot um, due to like COVID, but also opening a business, uh, it was it was really nice to get out and disconnect and be in a different country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We recently just went to Thailand and we were gone for two weeks. And it, it's just like, as a business owner, it's so important, I think, just to like, it is. Yeah. And I think even if it's just a long weekend, I feel like I recently saw someone on Instagram be like, I now understand why my other business friends tell me that I need to travel once a month. And, you know, the past two months I've been able to do that. I don't have any May trips, but I have one in June and I have one in July and it's kind of like, you really need that to like step away and gain perspective and just give your brain and your body a break. Um, So yeah, even if it's just like a long weekend road trip somewhere a few hours away. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, it doesn't have to be international. Just take care of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I want to kind of I'm going to take this in a couple of directions. First off, I want to talk about the European approach to beauty yeah. versus the U.S., specifically like French style and French beauty. Like I am just so enamored with the natural beauty of the women there and like especially like Switzerland and places like that. So I want you to talk a little bit about um, like their views on beauty versus like us in the U.S. and then, you know, the difference in the industry here versus yeah. there. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So, yeah, there are some notable differences for sure. So they really embrace natural beauty. Um, and I think, of course, like I did see med spa as well. I was there, of course, but like because they're 
ingredient standards are so different. Like, first of all, they're, you know, the European Union regulates, like they've banned, you know, over 1500 ingredients. It's probably even more now that you can't use to formulate products there. So like from a young age, not only are they in, like their approach is to instill like a solid skincare routine from a young age, um, but it's like a simple but effective but clean approach. And, you know, natural beauty is really valued there and aging gracefully is really valued there. So I think it, it's very different here. And at least my generation, we weren't super into skincare, but I mean, I think the, the new generation is in the US is, is super geared towards skincare. And I have some high schoolers that work here and some college girls that work here and they're knowledge is so incredible. So I hope that kind of continues and um, and we kind of emulate the French approach a bit more. Um, I'd love to see everyone kind of getting away from being afraid of aging. Um, and I think a lot of people here, maybe, maybe like my age and the, a few generations above me, like I think the generations in between my age and like my mom's age kind of probably didn't grow up with skincare. And then when they started aging, went into panic mode. And that's when kind of all of this over treating, I need to reverse my age. Mm. I think that the, all those trends kicked in because like, I look at my mom and all of her friends, they're all just aging gracefully and they're not doing all the crazy you know, peels and constant Botox and fillers. But um, that, you know, my generation, I think, is really starting to do those things. But I think the younger generations are like seeing that and they're like, oh, no, no, like we're just starting skincare early. And like we all have like a four step routine, even though we're like 14. Yeah. Um, we have this great brand here called Herbivore. It's a great opening price point for people new to clean beauty. Their packaging is adorable and kitschy and whimsical and fun. And like they have cute little sets where it's just like a very gentle cleanser, a very gentle moisturizer, a hydrating serum. And we're getting like tweens coming in and gifting it, you know, to their friends for their birthdays. And I'm like, I think it's great because these aren't abrasive, aggressive ingredients and they're starting from a young age and it's, it's like gentle just beneficial hydration for them and they're not doing any damage. Whereas like at that age, I wasn't caring about skincare. And then when I did, I was using those crazy like astringents and, you know, different gel and all of those things that just like completely dry you out. So I think the European approach to just staying true to who you are, but like starting a solid skincare at a young age really pays off in the long run. Yes. I've never honestly thought about it in the way that you put it just then of like, you know, our parents generation kind of freaking out a little bit. Cause it's like, they kind of had nothing at their disposal. And so yeah. they're like, oh my God, we got to nip and tuck. We got to inject, like we got to do all this fixing. And I feel like these, our generation and younger, they're going to kind of see, like you're saying the, the space for what it is and be able to make their educated yeah. decisions. Wow. Yeah, I've never I, really thought about that. Yeah. I think a lot of people my age and, and older are kind of in reactive mode, like, oh shit, I didn't do it. Mm. You know, I didn't do it young. Whereas the younger generations are like proactive. So right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's something too about European women in that they're not trying to be an age that they aren't. Oh yeah, and absolutely. There's, I think that honestly, like when I think of beauty and when I think of like what is sexy and attractive is fully owning yourself. Yeah. And, and like that aging gracefully and just kind of like owning, like, yeah, I'm in my fifties. So what it's so yeah. that confidence to me is unmatched and it's like, okay, <laughs> that's where I want to be taking myself, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Confidence is like one of the best skincare ingredients you could have. A hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think, you know, like even their approach to makeup is just, it's simple, it's sophisticated, it's minimalist. 
and you see the person for who they really are. You see their true skin, you see their true features and everybody is beautiful in their own way. And I think, you know, it's in this like Instagram filtered world where we're all obsessed with, you know, celebrities and looking younger. It's, it's, you get lost in that. And it's hard to be like, wait, I'm beautiful. And it's, okay if I have a line here or there because I'm a human living my life using muscles on mm-hmm. my face to do things like eat and laugh and smile so yeah I think we this is something oh my gosh in my 30s I'm really actually grasping is like not focusing on what I don't have but re- rather like owning what I do have and enhancing it as much as I can And I don't know if you can relate to this. I think it's like an esthetician thing. Whereas like, um, you may have been like this, but I definitely was like this and that it's like, we learned makeup too. And something about like, there's kind of this running joke with estheticians. You just kind of walk around with a busted face. And that was like more so in the like early two thousands, I noticed, um, mid two thousands, like people would graduate from aesthetic school. They would just have like all this makeup on. So I went through my phases of that and it was like, you know, Mac and all Mm -hmm. these, you know, heavy, heavy makeup brands. And it was so funny because like meeting my husband, I will never forget the first time, like we hung out and I didn't have any makeup on. He literally, and I had like really bad acne at the time. He was like, is this, this is literally his tone. And it terrified me. Is this you without makeup on? And immediately, like my heart drops. I'm like, oh, yeah, God. he thinks I'm ugly. Oh, no. He was like, you're gorgeous. He's like, you should never Aww. wear makeup. I was like, and it was just being around him and like fully understanding his perception of me. It's like helped so much to not feel like I need to hide so much. But yeah, yeah, That's throw on some false lashes every that. once in a while, but of course. Yeah. But yeah, you don't need to cake it on. And uh, yeah, that's why I love European beauty as well. It's just like, it's simple. It's light. It's classic. Yeah. 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 And you don't need to like have 17 layers of contour to like make you look more like a chimpanzee. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We look at like YouTube makeup videos, 2014 to 2016. And it's like, this is going to take 45 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Who has time for this? <laughs> no, I know. I'm like my skincare, even though I have really comprehensive skincare, like my skincare and my makeup in a morning takes less than 10 minutes easily. Like I, I'm not going to do anything more than that. I mean, it probably takes not much more than five and it, it shouldn't have to. Yeah. I love to, especially like we see it with brands like Ilia, where it's very sheer and it mm-hmm. helps us to like embrace our imperfections. Yeah. I'm loving this so much. Yeah. It's okay to have, you know, we're all human. We're going to have hyperpigmentation. We're all going to have like that zit we popped like three years ago. It might still be there. And like, you can cover it up a little but you don't need to paint a face on every day. Yeah. We all have pores. That is actually an integral part of our skin. <laughs> um, you know, like, and that, you know, if you, if you don't take off your makeup properly or you're wearing like basically, um, <laughs> paint every day it's gonna clog them yeah so yeah I think like the lighter simpler approach to like being your true self is a beautiful one yeah it's helped me too like being in the fitness industry the way that my schedule is set up it's like I will go to the gym in the morning and then do my work and then I actually coach in the evening so I'm just like constantly on the go and moving and it's forced me to simplify my makeup. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to wash yeah. all this garb off, have to do it all again. Like it's exhausting at that yeah. point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So my next question is in regards, like under the guise of taking a break and going on vacation, I want to hear First off about your self-care and then feel free, go off any sort of advice you have for young entrepreneurs. Like, what would you tell them? 
Yeah. Okay. So let's start with self-care. So yes, I love self-care. Um, I love pampering myself, but as a business owner, I don't necessarily always have time for it. And there isn't one thing that I necessarily like do every day or every week. I'm very much like about intuitive self-care. So like sometimes I'll go through a phase where I'm like really into saunaing and I'll, you know, I'll do a sauna. I have a sauna blanket or I'll go to um, like an infrared sauna. And it's like, you know, like in certain winter months, I'm like, that is calling me. Or it's like, okay, I'm in a place where I'm like, really like being an esthetician is like taking a physical toll on me. I'm going to be really regular about like getting cupping and massages. Um, Or it'll just be like, I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of like maybe see like, I need a little boost on my face. Like I'm going to like be a little more dedicated to gua sha and facial cupping like over the next few weeks. And it's like, I'm not doing one same thing every day or every week. It's really just about listening to what my body needs. And like right now I'm very much in a place where I'm like, I need movement. Um, So even if it's just doing like resistant bands for 10 minutes a day, I'm trying to get that in because I feel physically better. So I think it depends where you are physically and where you are mentally, Um, you know, and and spiritually too. Like, you know, like sometimes I tap into meditation a little more than others. So I really ebb and flow with it. I'm just super intuitive with it for myself. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, advice for entrepreneurs. Wow, that could be a really long list. (laughs) Um, I would say follow your heart and follow your gut. Um, It's hard. I mean, it, you know, it depends what you're doing and in what capacity you're doing it in. Like some people are starting their business ideas as a side gig. Some people are taking a big risk and, leaving a full-time job with a salary and benefits to pursue something. And I think like that's where intuition also really comes in and then like recognizing the direction something's going, but also like staying positive and believing in yourself. But most importantly, like failure's okay too, or deciding you don't actually like what you're doing is okay too. Um, my first business that I, I mentioned earlier, uh, the blog that I then turned into a gluten-free flower line, uh, like about a year in, I was like, I'm not enjoying myself anymore. Um, it became like, it went from like recipe development and blogging and like social media and like fun stuff like that to like UPC codes and like trying to get into whole foods. And Mm. I was just like, I'm not enjoying this. And I know that I've just taken like the last year, year and a half to create all this. And it's taken a lot of time and it's taken money, but it's not filling my soul. And it definitely wasn't paying my bills, but like bills aside, I'm like, this doesn't feel, this doesn't feel right anymore. So I was like, and I'm done. And I moved on and I, I went back to a corporate job. And I was like, this feels like the right move right now. So I think it's it's understanding what your goals are, but listening to your head, listening to your heart and your gut. I love that so much. I think, I mean, <laughs> I need all of this permission. <laughs> <laughs> like even as an intuitive and as an entrepreneur that has solely run their business based on their intuition, like I think it is so important to just hear that from somebody else on occasion. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I I mean, yeah, no, I think we grew up with like, or at least I did like parent my, you know, my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation, like they were very much like go to college, get a job with benefits. Um, and then you work there for 20 to 30 years and like, you just put your head down and go to work every day. Whereas I think like our generation has really started being like, wait, like, okay, I, I was on like in a really corporate role, but now I'm going to be an esthetician and a business owner. Like it's okay to pivot. It's okay to have multiple careers in a lifetime. I actually think it's beautiful. Like, why do we have to be one thing all the time? Yeah. The thought of that just feels so boring to me. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And like some people are destined to be, you know, teachers and like 
that is what they were meant for. But I think so many of us are like, we're explorers, we're curious, we, we want to know, you know, we want to know more. And I think that's fine to pivot. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, just listening to yourself and not thinking about all the things you quote should be doing or what would your parents think or what would, you know, everybody else think it's like, you have to follow your heart and pursue your passions. Cause it's your life, you know? Yeah. And obviously you have to pay bills along the way, but right. you know, there are, you know, so it might have to start as a side hustle or you might have to get another gig on the side, but you know, I feel like I used to live in a world of should. Um, and I think we should all kind of live more like in a world of could, like I could yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Okay. So I have just a couple more questions and then we will wrap it up. Um, So top five, this is going to be hard. Favorite products (laughs) right now. (laughs) If you had to pack up, go somewhere and you only had five options, what would you take with you? Okay. I'm trying, I'm going to try to do this in in order in which you would use them. Um, The Tata Harper oil cleanser, the Berlin Skin Geranium and Rose Toner. This is so hard. Um, I'm running out of fingers already. Uh, The Osea Hyaluronic Acid. Um, Oh. The Audacite, their private collection of oils. Um, I really like an Autumn on the World. It's a 15% vitamin C oil that I could drink. Like so these products I love so much. I always joke. I'm like, I could drink these. I love them so much. Um, the Ilia Super Serum Skin Tint and a red lip. A red oh lipstick. I have too many favorite red lipsticks to choose from, but I will say a red lipstick. And I love that that's like your signature look. It is so <laughs> like, just so I love that. Thank you. Good choices. Ooh, I got a couple I need to try now too. Yes. Yes. Highly recommend all of those. Beautiful. Okay. So another hard question. Um, if you had 30 seconds and your voice, your face were going to be aired, you know, across every platform on the entire world. And you had a message to give, what would you tell everyone? That's such a hard one. I would say it is okay to be you. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Be you. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. This was such a pleasure. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me and thinking of me. And I hope to see you in the shop soon. Yes. Yeah. And you yes. guys, she's online. We'll link all of her information. Um, do you have anything coming up? Anything that we should know about? Um, oh, you know? yes. Yes, I do. Great question. Um, so next Thursday, May 11th, we are doing a teacher appreciation night. Um, So a little after school sip and shop from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So if you live in the area um, and you're a teacher, you'll get 15% off. We're going to have wine for you, goodie bags. Um, You know, next week is teacher appreciation week. I am a daughter of two teachers. Most of my family is in education and they're such an undervalued profession. We just wanted to have a little night for them. And then on Saturday, May 13th, we are having a Mother's Day pop-up where you can come and make your own bouquet that you can give to your mom the next day. So you you can register for that online at our website. Um, it's also on our Instagram and yeah, so we have two fun events. So come, come say hi. Perfect. We will definitely link all that information down below. So you guys can check out self maker. 
Well, thank you again. This was so much yes, fun. Thank you. Yeah. So fun. Love chatting. And I really hope I see you soon. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Okay. Thank you, Kim. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Never Set a Life podcast. I would love to have your rating and review. So let me know how you liked it. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and someone that would enjoy it as well. Let me know what you would want to hear more of. Send me a comment in my latest Instagram post at Never Settle Life on Instagram. Until next time, I'm Coach Kim. I'll talk to you soon. Have you ever felt like there's something inside of you and, and it just knows? It knows where you're going. And you're so busy doubting yourself.